thing, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? When you're a star, a punch in the head is still a punch in the head. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? All right. We are back uh, for uh, another fucking week. Here we are. This is Anything Goes for the week of December 5th. Here we go again. Uh, this is uh, the show we do uh, every week from... Oh, man, I'm not scr- I'm not doing this very what well all the time. What are you doing? You're ruining I'm stumbling. It's, because... it's not... I'm, I'm stumbling uh, a little bit over right. our intro. Like Frank said, okay, so it says off the top that you're going to hear this show with Darren Frost and Kathleen McGee, already 203, false advertising. Neither of those people are here. And just so everybody else knows, when Darren's not here, like, Darren obviously is the discipliner of this show. Right. Like, he goes, okay, we're going to talk about this, and we're going to do this. And Darren's out of town right now. That's me, so, Christina Walkinshaw, just so you know. It's not Kathleen McGee, but whatever. I might just have to change my name. But, uh, but yeah, with no Darren here, we have no discipline. And so we just, like, babbled for, like, 30 minutes off the air, and it's... And now we probably have nothing left to say. Now that no, we're on we got the air. still we still got lots to say. Uh, the, yeah, the, the the intro to the show that we uh, we just heard uh, in studio was the old one with uh, Kathleen's name in it. And uh, I didn't realize this. Uh, and uh, so I don't know what intro you're going to hear at home when you hear this episode on Wednesday. But uh, it might be the you might hear Kathleen's name again. You might not. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, I didn't realize we, we we've been trying forever to uh, change the name of our group from uh, anything goes with Darren David. And Kathleen to Darren, Dave, and Christina, and uh, Frank, uh, our uh, producer tonight, uh, just told me that we're going to have to email Facebook and ask them to change the name of the group. Why do we have to do that? I don't know. That seems uh, like too much work. I'm just going to change my name to Kathleen McGee. It I don't seems like easier. that. I don't know. Oh, no, no, we should have your name in tough. there. It belongs too there. Too much work. Emailing Facebook. Okay, here's one thing I will say. Everybody makes fun of me because I have an AOL email address. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I don't say I don't care about saying this on the air. It's just walking sauce at AOL.com. And everybody makes fun of me whenever I email them. You still with AOL. But guess what? I got locked out of my, of my email account, I don't know, a few months ago. And then I actually had to phone AOL, like like how right. you have to email Facebook right now. To Anyways, and I called, and like it was the first ring somebody picked up, didn't get put on hold. She fixed the problem in like a minute and a half and was so pleasant. So sometimes dealing with people... That are aren't as popular or right. easier. That's is, what I think. That's the way to go. So what I'm saying is everybody should go back on AOL like me. <laughs> so I just never but Gmail up. is the is the popular one to have now. That's isn't the popular it? one. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's better to do the unpopular one because when right. I had to phone or when I had a problem, she was a delight. And I mean, obviously I have AOL because I really like Tom Hanks and uh, you know Meg Ryan and you know, you've got mail. <laughs> I uh, I have I, I'm st- I still got a, a simpatico address and I think that's very um, <laughs> it's very unpopular. Canadian of you. Is it? Is that that's only in in Canada? Yeah, you that's like yeah, like at, that's like Dave Martin at Shaw.com. <laughs> it's very Canadian of you. Well, uh, Dave Martin at Harvey's dot com, <laughs> the uh, or at Mister Sub or at Hasty Market. Um, every shitty Dave Canadian Martin reference at Zellers dot com at Maple Syrup dot com the or at President's Choice dot com. Yeah. Uh, well, forget about every any other news, uh, any crazy shit that's going on down in uh, in Egypt or Israel or the fiscal cliff that's happening. Uh, it, it's 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 Monday, like we tape the show, but this is the episode for December fifth, but. The the only news that is uh, is is fit to be told today is the uh, pregnancy of uh, Kate Middleton. Yeah, no, I mean, like I, I was saying to you uh, off the air or whatever, because she's thirty, right, or she's twenty nine. Yes. Yeah, so I, feel I don't like know. That's really. that's the age when like the chicks gotta pop the babies out. Because I just had my birthday on right. Friday. I, I turned 34. Oh, Very okay. nice. Right? I did. But, like, a lot of my girlfriends are like, oh, my God, if you don't have a baby by the time you're 35, like, you're going to have a downy. And I don't know what that—that like, that is uh, disturbing on so many respects because that freaks me out. And then also, like, who uses I didn't, the term downy? I didn't like, even know. I, I, okay, first of all, I didn't even know what downy meant. No. I, uh, <laughs> I thought that was in reference to our friend Joanna Downey. And oh, that even got no. me more confused. Oh, no. And uh, but then when like, you said that Downey is just a, a cutesy, cuddly way of saying yeah. Down syndrome, yeah. then um, they're saying you're gonna have like messed up babies if you have babies after thirty-five. I know, which is 
It's almost, or maybe I'm going to have a fabric softener. Or if you, <laughs> or if you wanted know. a Down syndrome baby, then... They are getting cute. Well, they don't age. Well, they <laughs> do they... But they live long lives, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I think That'll they just live, it. like, but they don't age mentally, and that's what's cute about them, I suppose. Neither <laughs> do you, Dave. But, well, no, I don't either, but that's by choice. But I, uh... <laughs> Which I always disagree with when, uh, uh, what's her face, Sarah Palin said that uh, these uh, mentally challenged uh, children or children with special needs are uh, gifts from God. She used to always say that. and then, But I always thought, if that's true, then how come nobody ever wants one? Nobody ever, <laughs> if it's a gift from God, how come nobody ever wants one? You never hear anyone say, I don't care if it's a boy or a girl just as long as it's retarded or just as long as it has Down syndrome. I've never heard that. But uh, I think if... If they were truly going to try to make Down syndrome a little bit more uh, friendly or cutesy, then I always thought that they should put the word boogie on the end of it. <laughs> so it's uh, boogie Down syndrome. Uh, but uh, but then they're calling it uh, Downy, which I think is... Uh... She, I was one of my sorority sisters in Ottawa that called it. But she said that the doctor actually used that term to her. Yeah. So this is coming down from doctors. They're calling them Downies now. Oh, so that's a medical term now. <laughs> that's a medical... No, her doctor said that? not. But oh, it was okay. a doctor that said that to her. And then oh. I was like... But anyways, the fact is, I'm 34. I'm super happy just being single. And not having babies, but I guess people just are, uh, like, I'm at that age where... I don't know. It, I get people are telling me, oh, you better do it if you want to do it otherwise. Well, like, that's... It's like a weird, creepy... Don't give yourself threat. an ultimatum to have a baby. That seems oh, very... Like, I've like, been trying to not have them for, like, 15 years now. It's, it's too late to turn back now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think people have... Healthy what about kids. you? What about you right now? Oh, fuck. How, I, don't I don't know how old you are. How old are you? Are you oh, like geez. I just, I, no, I'm 40. I turned okay. 40. And, uh, so what if you like knocked up your girlfriend right now? Would you just like go for it? Would well, I don't know. Baby, I, I've told, baby I, Davies? I don't know if I've baby told Davies? you this story that I, I, I tried to make some money by selling sperm, and they told me that I didn't have a very good count, and then they later on told me that, oh, well, if you have friends of yours that want to donate, and if they give your name, then you'll receive some money from the money that they make off of that sperm, and then it started sounding like that she was telling me this whole, like, jizz pyramid scheme of just, like, it's like a, the, like the Amway of cum that I was going to, and I felt creepy about that. Uh, I've, oh I, I have had, uh, phone calls about, uh, two potential pregnancies, but those did not, I think those got, ended up getting flushed down a toilet or something like that. <laughs> By, but, but I, I don't really want to get into that, but, oh um, what else, okay. uh, but, uh, happy birthday to you. Okay, thank and you. And I, I want to say this, uh, before we, uh, we have a, a big show today, uh, we are playing the, uh, Don Kelly interview that Darren Frost and I did, uh, a, from a, uh, about a month or so ago, uh, we taped it in Ottawa, and uh, Darren Frost is not here this week, but uh, he wanted me to promote a show that he has coming up uh, this um, December 22nd. Um, it's going to be in Sudbury, and uh, it's uh, the show is called The Hate That Stole Xmas. And I don't know why it just doesn't say Christmas, but uh, The Hate That Stole Xmas. It's a dirty little uh, Christmas show, and the venue is in Little Montreal, um, which is in Sudbury. And the showtime is 9, and tickets are $15. So uh, go to uh, Little Montreal and uh, inquire about tickets and to go and see any, an awesome show with Darren and the whole uh, gang and uh, Sudbury. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, and then we and, have, uh, and then tell us about our, and our, then, our guest okay, for the third And then segment. after you hear the interview with the lovely Don Kelly, who I'm a big fan of. I started a comedy with him in Ottawa years ago. Uh, we're going to have my great friend from Montreal, Iman, great stand-up comedian. She's in town in Toronto right now doing her um, jokes for the halal days, and she's going to come in and, and, and talk with us, and we're going to talk about blowjobs and stuff, right? Didn't you say? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get, <laughs> we'll, get to some, we'll get to some blowy discussions. Blowy. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, our interview with Don Kelly, and uh, this is Anything Goes for the week of December 5th, and uh, stick around. We'll be right back. At least your life isn't as sad as ours. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey, this is Glenn Foster, thatcanadianguy.com. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on Laugh Attack XM Radio. Show me on the dial where the bad man touched you. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. All right, we are back from the break, and uh, here we are. This is Anything Goes for the week of December 5th. Um, I'm uh, in the studio with uh, Christina Wagashaw, and uh, in the third segment, we're going to have uh, 
Uh, Iman from uh, Montreal is going to be our guest. But now we are going to go to our interview with Don Kelly uh, that uh, Darren Frost and I recorded uh, back in, I don't know, fucking October, maybe? It doesn't really matter when it was. But here we go to the interview with Don Kelly that Darren Frost and I did in Ottawa. Uh, Take it away. Our guest in the hot seat this week is a comedian based out of Ottawa. Uh, for how long? About 15 years now? It's Don Kelly. It's 15 years, isn't it, Don? Oh, I think it's a little plus 15 years. Is it, fi- it was, plus we, 15 Remember, now? we met at the funniest new comic in Canada contest. It was your second year being the, in the funniest new oh, comic in right. Canada, Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. I think yes. representing Hamilton that year. You're yep. making the rounds. Yeah, so. that's, you know. So we're, we're 15 plus, I think. Okay, then. okay. I forgot about that. It's, oh, it's such a blur. You're, such a little, a blur. you're a little clappy happy still. Man. Oh, happy clappy fun boy <laughs> with the funny pants. And You're the Rain, jokes. Rain Man masturbating. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> well, anytime you can put someone that's, you know, a special needs person whacking off, that's comedy gold. <laughs> there you go. Um, so it's good to see you. It's been a little bit of a long time since I've seen you physically, but I've seen you on television uh, through your show, Fish Out of Water. Fish Out of Well, first of all, it's not my idea. It's uh, the producer, Kateri Legault, one of the producers, I should say. It, mm-hmm. it was her original idea. And uh, essentially, it's sort of, you know, um, take the city mouse to the country, country mice. It's, right. it's the city Indian, which would be me. I'm an urban Indian, off-reserve Indian, though I hate right. the term off-reserve. I prefer free range. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, uh, and I go out to the uh, traditional territories and learn the traditional skills of uh, indigenous people. So a lot of First Nations, of course, but also Métis. We've never right. done an Inuit episode, which is too bad, but it's so bloody expensive getting to the far north to do right. stuff. And, uh, yeah, and, and I really, I mean, I th- I'd like to think it's funny, but we also like, I mean, we are learning real skills. And I really, I, genu- I genuinely am like uh, an, an urban Indian. I would, uh, I always say fish out of water combines the two things I hate, doing new things and meeting new people. Right, but, right. In all honesty, we've worked right. with great people. It's been a real privilege. But yeah, I'm out there like learning how to, how to trap, um, you know, how to dog sled. Uh, I've like, I've wrestled alligators on the show because the Seminoles down in Florida, you know. So yep. it's been, a, it's, it's place, sometimes I think I'd rather just be on my couch at home. But when I look back, in the moment, it's always work, although we have a lot of fun. But I look back and say, wow, I got to do some pretty cool things. Well, you know, the thing is, cool the, places. The, the show is in just finishing up season four, you said. You just, just wrapped, wrapped season up four, season yeah. four. Ago, yeah. And really, honestly, in four years, you probably did more native things than you probably did in your whole life up to that, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm Ojibwe. We call ourselves Anishinaabe, but people know uh, Ojibwe. Right. So I've, and my father's an elder, so I'd, I'd learned, like, a lot of the teachings, but in terms of the skills... You know, That's what you I mean, mean, like, doing it. Yeah, Actually, yeah. talking about it and doing it yeah. is completely different. I mean, you can we, talk about dog sledding all you want yeah. until you have to do it. And, and what's interesting is, you know, that's what one thing the show captures, which we never preach about, but it's, it's really true. When um, First Nations people teach traditionally... You didn't sit the kids down and go through a one-hour lecture of here. Now, here's how you do it. When you do this, come to this. And then what? Like uh, you went out there and you did it. And right. you learned by doing it. That, and that's what the show is all about. You're learning by doing. And part of learning by doing means you're going to screw up. You're going to make a mistake. And when you screw up, no one goes, oh, you, you know, silly person, get out of here. Like you laugh about it. Right, you know? of course. And, and, and so and in making a mistake, you learn how to do it because you learn what you did wrong. Right. And there's always a lot of laughter. And so the show uh, – like it, it captures that I think whole way of, of teaching and of course I'm you know kind of the buffoon I'm not always trying to be and some I can do the odd thing well but I mean you know I've been thrown off three horses throughout the, uh, the course of the series I've I've you know never hurt myself really badly right. but I've come close a few times and, right uh, so yeah and and so <clears throat> I I like sort of people um uh, seeing that first of all these aren't skills that were this is how we did it a thousand years ago it's like hey these are people are still doing this stuff to this today day, this course. culture is still alive right. I also like people. Uh, seen us having fun because I think a lot of people, especially if they don't really know any native people at all, you've got that stoic Indian or the tear down the cheek or yeah, the, the, yeah, the cliche, serious, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So or I stereotype, like, yeah. I like when people can see us having fun and as well doing things that uh, that that are meaningful and that people are still doing today. For- I, I, I got to quickly interrupt on it. I, maybe I have a typo here on my uh, on the notes that I wrote because you keep on using the word native, and I originally had that uh, Don Kelly is uh, naive. Well, so <laughs> I think. And I, my first question was like, well, I, first of all, why would you tell people that? And second of all, has this helped you in your outlook in comedy? And like, would you, why would you want to stay naive? And you're going around to other sort of parts of North America that are also naive. And I, I, 
I just think that maybe it's maybe maybe it's the people that you're hanging around. But so okay, I guess uh, I need yeah. to correct that to be native. I am native, and I, I'm sure it also says Dave that I'm a urbane Indian as well. <laughs> <laughs> right there, if I'm not mistaken. Can I ask you because I've never actually you, when you address yourself as uh, like um, urban urban native. Uh, no, no, now, do the people on reserves look down on the people that are sort of live in the in the big city area? And the, I, I think it's like anything else. It depends where you go. But generally, I think no, because first of all, we got a really, you know, I hate to say this sounds like Buffalo, but a real migratory population. You, you have this whole trend where people leave the reserve, come to the city for a while, then go back. Right. See, I, like I love the city. I've always loved the city. Right. There, there's two ways I really don't um, – fit with my own culture in some ways. A, I love the city, and B, I'm not a morning person. And every almost every First Nations person I meet, you know, they, they, they love getting back to their territory, and they're up at 5 a.m. doing stuff, because that's just the, the, the rhythm of their, of their day, you know. But, but I, no, I think, um, I think and no more so than you get some people who live in the country or far. Well, I was going to say that. It's, it's cultural. There's people, white, yeah. white people who hate the big city. Oh, hate Toronto. I like yeah. living in a population of exactly. 600 yeah. people and, you know, live off the land and, you know, uh, farm, and that's what I do. I don't think that's cultural. That's just a mindset of whether you like, you know, being around people or not. You know, it's about yep. space and openness. And, and I think, as you know, I mean, I, what you do get as well, um, more so than sort of not liking them, is I remember going to Yellowknife one time. And so we get up there, you know, here's me from Ottawa, and you get that whole, like, me and the, the, the crew, like, ah, you Southerners, you don't know how to live, you know, right. up here at Yellowknife, we know how to do it, and it's lovely. Then these Dene from, like, further north came down to Yellowknife, and the Dene are like, ah, you Yellowknifers <laughs> yeah, are soft yeah. with your hotels and running water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's all, it's all relative, right? So, well, I, I guess, you know, it's sort of like, you know, when, like, I wouldn't... I, I my cultural background is like Scottish Irish, but I wouldn't go as far as saying that I'm Scottish. I mean, I'm Canadian. Just so I mean, you Scottish drink, going. And then you yeah, drink, and yeah. then I argue with the, about the bill <laughs> later on. And um, but it, it's it, it is sort of like because I noticed when I was in Scotland and someone there was a guy that uh, I was like a bartender. He saw I had a rugby jersey on, and uh, I was about to order, and he and kind of looked at me. He was like. Oh, look at you there! You're a real uh, rugby man. And then I uh, and then I broke out into my Canadian accent. It was like, well, actually, sir. And then his sort of like his attitude of like, oh, hey, I'm going to talk to another rugby guy. Quickly went away and was like, ah, oh, what do you want? You know, <laughs> he had no no interest in me. And I wouldn't. It's and I think that really pisses off like Scottish and Irish and British people when you have been in Canada for two generations and you're still referring to yourself as, oh, I'm British or I'm this and I'm right. You yeah. might you might know a bit of the history and stuff and it might be a you know still inside of you, but you're not really Scottish unless you know you just were born there and came from there and right. grew well, up there. Well, the way it comes out in uh, uh, Indian country is a lot of teasing, right? So that's maybe where you get more of the, oh, you're from the city, you're kind of soft. Right. Because, if, if, again, anyone who knows Native people knows there's always a lot of laughter, and it's a lot of teasing. It's two kinds of teasing. It's teasing you, like, yeah. about, like uh, if you're screwing up or, or, you know, you're soft. But then there's also that inward teasing. You get a lot of that self-deprecating humor from Native people as well. So it comes out a bit in that way, not, not so much like we don't like you because you're from the city, but, oh, well, We'll put him through his paces and kind of have some fun with him while he's doing it. So you, you, you do get a bit of that. Cool. The, the one thing I do, uh, I've always noticed about um, the community and um, kind of native entertainment, it's very much like uh, Quebec in that it is very supportive. No, well, that's, that's, your, that's your choice of word. But it's very supportive of its own. Right. There is this sense of that you can make a living and do all right. You know, it's going to make millions of dollars, but you do support your own. Someone like Shania Twain, it's, you know, we all know in the very beginning was very much supported by that community and that helped her out in the beginning. And in Quebec, you know, if you're a French comic versus an English comic, we know the difference. Right. It's right. Culturally supported. People definitely want to see it. And in, in your community, there's also that, too. There's they're very supportive. And that's why there are comics that are able to just almost live inside that bubble, sometimes come out and do other shows. Mm -hmm. But also just be able to operate in that kind of world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can almost get insulated if you do that. I mean, right. th there's a whole circuit, whether it's comedy or even entertainment. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. That are people that um, are huge, you know, in, in in Indian country, and no one outside that knows them. And and like you could make a good living in that circuit. Other people like break through either because they want to or just the talent right. can't be contained. But it is very supportive. You know, when um, my uh, Comedy Now aired way yep. back in, when was that, 2008 or something like that, I heard from my dad that there's a couple people on my res, it's, it's called Onegaming near, near Kenora, you okay. know, and it's uh, not a huge res, less than a thousand people, but there's a couple people running around putting posters up, like just handmade posters that, up around the great. Room. They tune in, you know, Dawn from our res is, is going to be on, and I think the main thing, and this is probably true, yeah, this isn't just native people, I think, but you know, you'll see there, you know, as, as long as you're not 
haughty or arrogant about it. I mean, right. you know, you look at Adam Beach, right? He's just a, like a nice guy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Kind guy of, next know, door, for sure. Dude kind of guy. I think, you know, no one likes anyone being arrogant or snooty, but I right. mean, the, yeah, you want to support your own and ideally, you know, give back a bit if you can. And, you know, yeah, the thing nice. is, the thing is, Whitey stole everything else. Why didn't they steal that part? That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Why couldn't they just take you that little? Me, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you guys tell me. Yeah. Um, the other thing I like about the show is um, the, uh, is that there is that element of almost dirty jobs of it. You know what right, I mean? Yep. It's like putting you inside a situation, yeah. knowing that you're probably gonna fuck it up or screw it up, right? And then probably. the comedy around that. Yeah. I think that's the important thing about the show. When I first heard that you got this show, I'm like, you know, this sounds great. But until I see what happens, because you never know when you put a comic in a situation yeah. if they're either going to flourish or not. Are, yeah. you, are, you, are you trying to tell me that there wasn't one point where you said, why the fuck didn't I even get yeah, called what out? Yeah, the fuck? Why, what, that's something I didn't audition for. No. <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is it, it, there is – that's one of the great things about the show, that you do have obviously the stage legs and yeah, they're able to present it, but also be put in situations where it's like this isn't probably going to go well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I remember when we were first conceptualizing the show, like, like – like again, uh, my producer had the idea. Sure. And there's like, well, how, what like what are the beats going to be, and how like what's the structure? How how is that going to work? And so we we kind of brainstormed for a couple of days in a hotel room here in Ottawa with you know some of the other guys and Neil. Grom. I think it was this room, this <laughs> glorious <laughs> I think room where the toilet doesn't work. Keep That's going. Right. You can feel, you yeah. can feel the karma. That's right. Um, Neil Gron, the director and one of the writers of Three Dead Trolls and a uh, Baggy. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's his background. He like sort of more improv. But anyways, I remember so we were going through it. And I remember sort of concluding, I remember saying at the end, you know, I, at, towards the end of the, the brainstorm session, I remember saying, you know, I said, you know what's going to be great? If people are saying, are tuning in thinking, oh, what are they going to put this poor guy through this week? Right. And be bloody careful what you wish for. Of course. Because, yeah. because that's exactly, I mean, now it's like, oh, like whenever we go out to do a shoot, even if it isn't planned, if we, if we, the minute someone says something that either sounds really dangerous or a food that sounds like really disgusting. I cringe because I know they're going to say, oh, we got to get Don to do that, whether it's planned or not, because they, they want to yeah. put me through that. So I've, as a result, I mean, I've tasted, you know, moose nose soup and uh, You've had your own fear factor. Actual roast beaver tail. And like I say, they've thrown me into well, a pen it. with a uh, Come on. D- Davis had that. He's been to Sudbury a few times. <laughs> It's it's very fatty. It's very fatty. <laughs> it's, it's almost like it has like a, a, a jackass element to it. Of just I, I of remember like you first know, you, season. I remember saying it's it's there's times where it's a little bit like um, you know APTN meets jackass. Like I say, going in this pen of wild buffalo and being shown how to stalk these wild buffalo and get I mean get into a pit with these gators. I mean I actually got in with the Seminoles this pit with all these alligators and had to do a, a quick catch where you jump on it from behind. You know you pull the snout up like you see in those right. gator wrangler things. Yeah. So stuff like that. Yeah. I mean we've we've, we've ended up doing those kinds of things. Now, how, how important is it for, for you and even the producer that this show is seen by uh, young people and it shows it in a, obviously a positive light and you get that feedback from who would never have – because you know, the internet is kind of open up this doorway to the whole world and a lot of young people don't even want to know about their background as much as the world right? because they right. want to see the world. How important is that? Well, I, I actually think it's really important. I mean, I'd, I'd never say, oh, we're we're making a difference and change. No, no. I'd, I'd like to say we're maybe making a little dent here and there. Right. But I have heard from people, um, like, we've got, like, our First Nations are the youngest, fastest growing demographic in Canada. Like, half our people are under the age of 25. And Whoa. what's encouraging is, um, <clears throat> you know, like, you know, the, the languages are in danger of being lost, the culture. Right. But... A lot of the young people, as much as there's problems, you know, we, we, we got people, you know, too many in prisons, too many on the streets, but there's a lot of young people now who are trying to relearn those traditions. They're right. reaching out to the elders saying, I want to learn the language. I want to learn, you know, the, the, the dances, the stories. And so that's encouraging. And if our show sort of helps that a bit, I, I've actually had uh, emails sent to me from people I don't know who've said, you know, I'm just getting back in touch with my culture. I love watching your show. Right. Because I, th- well, I think what makes it a little relatable is, yeah, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Right. I don't know this stuff. Right, right. So they don't need to feel silly like or embarrassed. Or embarrassed, for sure. They realize, okay, there's an entry point here. So I think right. that's good. And the other thing I like, which is not just the native population. You know, I was at the dog park a few weeks ago, uh, walking my little Bichon Poo there. And uh, as I'm leaving, there's a dude who looks like he was like the bassist in some death metal band. He's got a shaved <laughs> yeah. head, mutton ch- but mutton chops, right. piercings everywhere. He's got tattoos all over. And as I'm walking out of the dog park, he goes, hey. Fish out of water. I like that show. Yeah, and I thought, cool. I'm glad. Like, I'm glad we're right. reaching those people too, right. as well. People who probably wouldn't 
go to a lecture. Yeah, but I mean, nature enthusiasts and environmentalists would love that show because there is that sense of they get their fill from that show too, like the the, the fishing and the catching and all that stuff. I mean, that's universal. One of the things I – I used to do this bit on stage about how uh, when I was 16, I remember watching TV with my dad, and he'd want to watch Mutual of Omaha and some bullshit right. lion running across a track and so, somewhere wherever, right? And yeah. I'm like, come on. There's like there's, there's 15 other channels, Dad. Just, let's watch something else. And now I'm 41, and we have 500 channels, and I'm passing by, and I stop. Is that a lion running across a desert there? This is interesting <laughs> yeah. to me. And there's also that element to your show because it is something new and something I don't know. And that's why I wondered about young people because they can have the access to the internet there. There's so yeah. much that they want to know. And then you get to a certain age, it's like, yeah, there's all that shit, but this is more interesting to me because right. it's cultural and, you know. Well, you know, I loved the Mutual of Omaha. I remember that was Marlon Perkins always stayed in the tent and his, he got his buddy to do everything. Yes, everything yes. Line yeah, yeah. He came out oh, yeah. Or whatever, was going to go wrestle the line. I, yeah. He just hung back in his press stack. Of course. You know, <laughs> safari suit there. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, you're right. There is a lot of distractions. And the thing is, our young people, too um, – Man, like they are wired. I guess like young people everywhere. But yeah. I mean, you know, um, I've like on Facebook. There's like you know, you got the the radical young, you know, sort of First Nations groups like yeah. Red Power oh, yeah. United. Then you've got the more like the culturally oriented type. So so they're all over that. Um, but you know, I think one thing that helps with the show, I like to think, is. Um, and you guys know this. I mean, you know, we're all comics. I, you know, humor is a pretty cool communications device. Right. People who will not. Uh, you know, walk into a lecture again on First Nations uh, history, if you can keep people laughing, they they might listen a little more. Or in our case of our show, I like to think, you know, watch a bit more because as much as it's all real, um, we have like an opening and closing gag that's all scripted, of course, just to try to hopefully get people watching. But yeah, I mean, if we can keep it funny, um, then yeah, hopefully people will tune in who don't don't even care about – I want to learn about what this culture does. They'll say, "Oh, this I like this show because it makes me laugh," and, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know, you can sort of you know sneak in some stuff in there. I think. I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm always interested in this. Is like if you, I mean you you do, I mean you do a show that you know is, is uh, you know putting a, a positive message out about your your culture and stuff like that. And I do, you, I do some cheap stuff. Too. Okay. <laughs> oh, you, I, know, you mean the fish out of water? Yeah, the, the yeah, fish yeah, out of water. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but I mean, like, I if you ever were to see like a comic that was just completely dragging his culture through the mud, and, and not put, and like just doing every sort of hacky sort of cliche thing, almost yeah. like placating to like a, a white crowd that is yeah. almost way like you know, it's like when you see let's say black comics or, or Latino comics, just they're perpetuating every stereotype. Would you ever want to? I, first of all, this is, uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah. And then, second of all, would you ever take a comic aside and just say, "Listen, I know that you're you know you're new at this and you're just learning you know the ropes of comedy, but maybe why start at such a negative level and make creating this like almost negative image of yourself?" Yeah. And you, would and the, well, you know, the, there are guys like that out there. I won't mention any names, but uh, you don't have I've to. I've seen guys, especially when, when they start, right? Because right. the easiest thing is, okay, you, you know. Uh, uh, crowds that are going to be mainly white, they're going to laugh at this because this is the, this is the, the stereotype, and they're aware of it. That's right. And I act. I mean, I do that a bit in my act. I, I've got jokes like I do a joke about how uh, uh, I learned in church Jesus turned water into wine. I've never done that, but I in university I turned a student loan into alcohol. Could get a laugh, and then I'll say, "Ah, I'm just kidding. I'm statusing, and I didn't need a student loan, anyways." And I almost, I almost always yell out of compulsion. I got my degrees. Like, just, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm educated too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't just waste the money. You know? So in some ways, I mean, I, I don't always do that, but I, I do feel a little bad. Like, well, if they're laughing, that means they're kind of like, oh yeah, right. You know, they, yeah. Then they, they but don't get free. But there's a difference you know? between a little doing a little bit of that, yeah, and yeah. it being the bulk it being of the your bulk, act. Exactly. And and again, there are guys who do that. And you know, my uh, generally what I'd rather do. As I'd rather play with the stereotype than play up the stereotype. I'd like get a laugh, you know, about right. the stereotype, not not a laugh by by. Like runs with, like, runs like a girl. Yeah. That joke of yours is a perfect example of well, playing name, on yeah. the stereotype, but not prepping it up. Yeah, and and because because the thing for me is I think I'm just the obvious point is if you're native or or whatever um, your cultural background is, and you do a joke that reinforces the stereotype, I I think all you're doing is you're given the redneck or maybe even not the redneck but someone who believes in that permission to then repeat it absolutely someone calls him on it and, well the indian at the club last night said it right. so why can't i say right. it? well it's like you know there's 
uh, and I don't like using this word, but I have to use it in this example. There's uh, certain comics where they're like, they'll say the word Packy on stage, and right. that's their background, or whatever their background is, they'll say the negative word on stage. And then after the show, an audience member will say it to them, and they'll get upset. It's like, well, you can't really get that upset if your whole act was saying that word in a funny way, and then someone comes afterwards and says that word. They yeah. think it's that, like you said, that permission is there. Yep. Uh, it's kind of sad that you may be trying to be ironic by using that word, and you may be trying to you know destroy that image. But sometimes the message is lost, yeah, and audiences members think it's okay, even though it obviously isn't. Like I've been in w- with many comics, generally more black comics than any other culture. They'll throw it back in their face, you know, and it's 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 horrifying for me as a comic or a gay comic. You know, ah, I want to get my picture with the fag, you know, and I'm like I'm dying inside, you yeah. know. It's like I'm not you, and maybe I'm too much of a bleeding liberal, but I would never want to be in that situation. That's a horrible thing to have to go through, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I can certainly understand too um, with. Uh, the N-word, right? I sure. mean, can we even say it or do we have to always say the N-word? But regardless, right. I do understand the thinking of, you know, when a word's been used against you as a weapon, well, I'm going to take that bloody weapon away from you and use it Absolutely. on you. So I understand. Having said that, not everyone does it, though. Because no. there are, of course, black people who who would say you shouldn't, you know, hey, don't give everyone permission to be right. throwing this word around right. everywhere. And or it, they'd say if we keep on saying it regardless we're trying to take it away, it still keeps it out you're there. You're still keeping it out there, exactly. Uh, you know, would I ever, you know, Davey asked, would I, would I ever say anything to anyone? Like, I really feel like comedically, like, who the heck am I to give anyone advice about comedy if someone were to ask, though? Well, but uh, but I, in, in some sense, I mean, you've, you've been around a while. You've, you know, you, you, uh, you, know you, you paid your dues in comedy clubs, and you have a TV show. So there is, I mean... You can't say, well, who am I? Because you do have well, some I've cred behind you. Way, I mean, I, I, if anyone ever, ever asks me, I'll, I'll try to tell them the best I can. But, I mean, yeah, I, I just think advice-wise, I mean, I've always felt a bit like a bit of an out, out, outlier in comedy because unlike you guys, I've been doing it long enough, but, like, I've never, like, done the tours. Like, I've never had to rely on it for my bread and butter to put food on the table. So I always feel like for the time I've been doing it, I have way less experience, for example, than either of you guys, right, who are touring constantly, doing shows constantly. Well, I so, constantly is a relative. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know, but, you know, once a month, once a month. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. When, when you call I think my it. back pain is more constant <laughs> than my comedy work. But like I say, there's clubs I haven't even done on the, on the circuit, you know. And, right. Uh, so I, I've just always felt a bit like I'm kind of a – a step removed from the scene, although I love it and I do it as often as I can. Um, it just always, you know, because I started a little later, I was already sort of doing a job that I enjoyed, and so I, I didn't want to quit that to sort of, you know, live like a student touring across the country all the time. So in that, I guess maybe that's where a bit of that sort of sense of, well, who the heck am I comes from. Right, right. right. But it's sort of you know it's it's like that that two steps forward and one step back. You just might like see like a a, a new native comic on stage and he's doing all these bits, but and he's getting laughs and it's, and it's hard to deny laughs. Right. Um. But then you're sort of like yeah, but you know it's like would you be comfortable telling these jokes to your family mm-hmm. or you know I mean you know if you if you looked up to you know your your grandfather so much. And you kind of remember all the things that he had to fight for, and right. then you'd be like, uh, "Yeah, but I, I'm, you know, if if you'd feel embarrassed to talk about or, or to bring up yeah, those sort of yeah. things." I've actually sort of had that approach to my act in general. Was <clears throat> I don't want to say anything I'm going to be like ashamed to say, which right. is which is not to say, "Oh, I'm never going to swear then or do it anything uncomfortable." It just sort of like I, I you, you, you want to stand by your act, right? You want to you want to be able to stand to a certain by extent. It. But you know, I've even wrestled with that standing behind my act because even though I believe in my act and my right to say things, my act is only appropriate in, in certain circumstances. Right. For example, I have children now, and so I run into parents, and they're like, oh, we'd love to come and see your act. And I'm like, you know what? I don't <laughs> want you to come and see my act because that may change your opinion of you me. You won't be babysitting for them anymore. Well, it's not even so much that. It's like they may like the show, but that still changes yeah. my relationship with that person, and maybe that's my own insecurity, but I don't want them to go, he's not as nice as I thought. You hear what he says on stage? You know yeah. what I mean? So I've even wrestled with that, trying to stay true to myself and be proud of my act. You know, it's not yeah. – it's a lot easier said than done, which Dave doesn't like that I saying. Hate that fra- I hate that phrase, <laughs> easier said than done, because everything's easier said than done. It's like a, a useless – okay. What was the job that you had that you were comfortable in before um... – Oh, I um, – I've uh, – I... Well, I start. I was with, with CBC as a writer broadcaster doing documentaries, mainly radio, like sh- like shorter form. This is like, you, this well, like late eighties. But then, what brought me to Ottawa was um, the Royal. Oh, when he brought you to Ottawa, where were you then? Oh, I was in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I came to Ottawa in ninety two to work for the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples as a communications 
uh, officers. I, I basically went over the wall, right, right. From, from being the journalist to the, to the flat that then deals with, with the journalists. And uh, it, it's a long way of saying I was working with the Assembly of First Nations when I started doing comedy. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's kind of like I've heard comics talk about, you know, oh, I wish comics didn't have to have day jobs and all that. And I totally understand that uh, where that's coming from. But there is the rare exception, and I was lucky enough to be there, where I had a, I had a, a gig that meant something to me. Yeah, like yeah, I of actually, course. Again, yeah, you're making a difference. Yeah. I, well, you, you like to think that you're, you're helping things in, in right. somewhere or, or doing your part. So I never felt like, you know, I understand how comics have to get jobs. They don't really like just – but you want to – and you do, by definition, often – want a real basic job, like serving or something, which I hope that doesn't sound Yeah, nobody goes, my job at Subway, I'm helping out here, yeah. I'm feeding the people. But, but well, you, you are feeding the but, people, you know, but, but, you know. But if, if you want to pursue comedy, you want a job that you don't have to bring home with you, right? That's not going to require calls on the weekend yes. or stuff like yes. this. So you're going you're to want something that's going to basically, I can go in, do it, then come and, you know, devote myself to comedy after that. Whereas I had already sort of had this sort of line of work that that I was in that uh, that I liked so it, it was just I was fortunate enough to have something that that it, it meant something to me and I didn't want to just good I can quit now because I'm getting enough comedy work that I can do it so I've always balanced it but the trade-off is what I said earlier that I haven't been out there like touring and 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 for the years I've been doing it I don't have as much experience as other folks who've probably been doing it less than me in terms of you know the road work and stage work and everything like that and are you able to do much stand-up when you're shooting the show, or is it really like I'm dedicating myself to the show, I have to kind of put that on the back burner and then maybe pick it up once the show is wrapped? It uh, it really drops when we're doing the show because we're out on the road. We usually do two episodes, three or four days, so I'm gone for eight to nine days. When I come home, I want to be with my wife to a certain What, you want a life? Day. Okay, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I'll get gigs, but then i got to work around you know, the sure. schedule. So it, it definitely, I wouldn't say it stops, but it, but it drops off. And you know what kills me? Eh? I mean, this is occurred to me a, a while ago all this sort of cool stuff it's not all cool but some of it is that we're doing with the show i haven't written a bloody joke about any of that right you know, i know guys who but you should though you have all these new life experiences i know people who go on a car trip like comics and they sure. come back with 20 new jokes just right. about something that ha- and so here we're doing this cool stuff i should really be sitting down but but my my comedy though it's funny i think if anyone sees me they'll think a lot of it's based on truth Right. But I ninety percent of my act sounds true, but isn't. Like okay. I do a joke about my grandmother, or sorry, my my grandfather. I, I, both my grandparents have been dead for years. Right, right, know? right. So yeah. I, I mean, my approach has always been, to, hey, I'm just writing stuff that's funny. Funny remember, first, I, yeah. And I get a little bit from regular life, so I think it's just sort of. A, don't ask me where that came from, but it's just always been the approach. Just that's like, that's interesting because most comics would not be that honest. Most comics, <laughs> oh, it's all the truth, and it's like you know. Well, there's some comics who I think go too far, and again, no names, but you know, it's all got to be true. That's right. the only way to do comedy and i think if you can do that I that's the only that. way to do comedy for you yeah yeah exactly that's what i always say and exactly and i always think you know what hey man this is one of the last bastions of free speech don't right. start dictating to people how they should have right. to do comedy i always think stephen wright did not really live in a house that ran on static electricity and he's doing great and he's of fine. course so, of course so what what works for you right well it's i think it's whatever you can live with as far as your act goes i mean it's like you know, you can have an act that is How do you live bullshit. with yourself, Mark? Just a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. A lot of, drugs. A lot of self-medication. You want to see the pharmacy I have upstairs? The uh, I, I, just, I think it's like, yeah, I mean, if you are uh, like, a, like, a, like a black comic that can live with doing all sort of like these, you know, uh, perpetuating stereotype jokes, then fine, go ahead. And if you can live with yourself, go for it. Yeah. Uh, and if you, or if you're a guy that can like do, like I know that like even I, it doesn't even matter. That. Even if you're, it doesn't matter what color. Even if you're a character comic, sometimes that can grind you down because mm-hmm. you're not being you. But if you can get through it, fine. I've got no problem. With that. I mean, I started out as a really hacky character comic. I understand the benefits of doing that. I just got tired of doing it and not being me. And that moment when you're bombing on a show and a character and you're not even being, it's it's one thing to bomb. And when you're being true to yourself, and whatever that is, whether it's true jokes or jokes that aren't true, as long as you're trained staying true to yourself, it's a lot easier to get through that bomb. Right. You know what's even more soul destroying? When you're bombing, not even doing what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I, the worst of all. I remember again knowing you for a while. I remember you said to me one time. I think you were transitioning at the time. Right. You said with the. Gazoo shirt yeah. and the striped pants. You said, yeah. "There's only so far I can go." Oh, yeah. Either way, you got like yeah. two steps this way and a step that yeah. way. That's and, it. And there's yeah. So I remember you were sort of getting into yeah. the. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know you can't step outside of it, and you have to. It's a presentation <clears throat> and all that. And it was bothering me. There were moments I'm on the road. You know, I'm on the an eight week Western tour, watching Oprah episodes, crying at four o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> going, "I'm obviously not happy with my life. I have to <laughs> change this." And eventually, I did, um, which I hope to think is better for me. In 
the long run. Who knows? We'll see it when I'm, you know, 60 if I make it there. But that's what I think. If you can get through the nights by yourself and the loneliness and the other 23 hours of the day to do that hour the way you want to do it, then I, mm-hmm. I don't take it away from you. As long as you're not thievery or stealing, I got no problem with it. Right. I'm probably not going to want to hang out with you if you're the hackiest comic in the world, but you, you don't want to be around me anyways. You right. know, like yeah. you got your own thing. So yeah. it's everyone's on their own path. And the longer I'm in it, the more less black and white I am about it. Right. And you know, Dave, you're talking about stereotypes. You know what the interesting thing is, is um, if I'm doing a show for an aboriginal audience, which I'll get those, right? Oh, it's just this conference in town. It's sure. going to be mainly uh, native folks. You can actually get more hard on the stereotypes with that group. Right. The difference being, they know that they're stereotypes, and they know that it's not entirely true about everyone. About whatever you know, pick your stereotype, right? And, and, and the context is, they know you're trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And right? and you're keeping it in the family, right? Right. And so it's different if you like. You, you, it's the, not like you're going to an all-white town doing all these jokes like in hiding. Yeah. You know what I mean? To make sure they're laughing. That's yeah, also that's right. a big difference, right? Yeah, it's like what Chris Rock said, right? I mean, I can call my kids an idiot, but if you call them an idiot, that's fighting words, right? right. So it's the same thing, you yes. know? And, and again, it, it's just the knowledge that, you know, my my own people know that, okay, yeah, that's not true about everyone, and we know what he's playing off of there. So you can, you can actually push it even further when you're with your own folks. Uh, well, I want to thank, uh, thank you uh, so much, uh, Don, for uh, coming down. Um, what uh, if people want to get in touch with you? Where can they? Where <laughs> are you? Uh, do you have a, a Twitter I, I'm on handle? Twitter, it's uh, at the Don Kelly. At I, the... I'm not supposed to be arrogant. Just Don Kelly was taken. Like right. with websites, you do that. I realize on Twitter it looks really arrogant. The yeah, Don yeah, Kelly, yeah. all of a sudden, and Facebook, of course, Don oh. Kelly. Uh, I'm the one on Facebook, and I'll get a website. And, uh, so it's, uh, and then when's the, the new season starting up? Of, you know, uh, I, I don't know. It'll probably, because they're editing them now, it'll probably be, what are we, October? I bet it'll be the new year. They'll probably but wait. when does the show run now? Do you, can yeah. you give those times? Uh, you know, if pretty much if you watch APTN for 90 minutes, it's probably going to come up. You can even see me speaking Cree in some episodes, which is classic. We, we, we did a Cree dub. And uh, not me, of course. I don't speak right. Cree. But you'll see me like being goofy, like "Oh, hey, look out!" And then you'll hear the Cree voice. It doesn't match, which cracks me up even more than the, the regular show. And what's the website for that show? So at least we can get people to maybe go to that. Do you uh, know? Is it Fish Out of Water? F O O W dot C A. Okay, I believe. There we go. Perfect. Thanks, Don. Thank you, guys. Good to see you. All right, that was the uh, interview that Darren Frost and I did uh, back in uh, October, I believe, of uh, this year with Don Kelly while we were both uh, playing the club in Ottawa. Uh, This is Anything Goes for the week of December 5th. We're going to be right back with uh, comedian Iman from Montreal. And uh, also also I want to remind everyone that Darren Frost is doing a show in uh, Sudbury, December 22nd. Uh, The show's called The Hate That Stole Xmas. It's a dirty little Christmas show that he's going to be doing. And the venue is Little Montreal. Showtime is 9 p.m. Tickets are $15 if you live in the Sudbury area. It is a, uh, a rare appearance for uh, uh, Darren Frost, so go in and check him out with some uh, local uh, Sudbury comics opening up for him. Uh, we will be right back with uh, our third segment with uh, Comedian Iman from Montreal. Here we go. Bite the pillow. It's going in dry. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. This is Casey Corbin, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius Sirius XM Radio. Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. All right, we are back from the break. That was the interview with Don Kelly and I, with Don Kelly and Darren Frost and myself that we did a couple months ago back in Ottawa. And uh, once again, if you're just tuning in, this is Anything Goes with uh, Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Christina Walkinshaw. We're Darren Frost free this week, but I want to plug again his uh, show that is going to be on December 22nd in Sudbury. It is The Hate That Stole Xmas. It's a dirty little Xmas show. The venue is Little Montreal in Sudbury, and uh, the showtime's nine. And the tickets are 15 bucks, so go and check that out. Some dirty comedy uh, way up north. Uh, in studio right now, um, actually, I want to mention again, it's December 5th, so that's the week of the show. And uh, I want to mention that uh, our third, our, our guest today for the third segment is uh, Iman from uh, Montreal. Yay. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm so good. 
Yeah, so nope. happy to be here. What is uh, what is your last name? Do you have a last name? I do have a last name, but uh, I I uh, really love. I'm a huge Madonna fan. It's okay. Because you're a Leo uh, too, just like and I'm her, a Leo, right? just like her, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to have like a one name um thing going on. All right. But I do have a last name. It's Al Husseini. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, but I mean, you are in a business where you can be whoever you want. Exactly. And, uh, how long of uh? And so, what, do you do you just go by him on now all the time? Well, uh, surprisingly, this trip to Toronto, a lot of people introdu- introduced me with my last name. So yeah. I've been I've been in Toronto. I've been Iman Al Husseini. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you prefer uh, I'm to go... okay with either. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. It's not like a carrot top thing. I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, carrot uh, top's actually two words. That's two names. Well, but what I, I'm trying to remember what his real name is, carrot top. Oh, oh uh, that's a good one. It's not okay. easy. It's it's easy to find out. I'm sure if you get on that Google machine. Yeah. Um, how long have uh, you been doing stand up? Because oh, Christina Walkinshaw uh, brought you into the studio. She yes! knows you a lot. My new BFF. My new BFF. We're gonna be future Montreal. roommates yeah. in New York City. We're gonna go right? to New York Can City. Can we talk about this? Oh yeah, we're gonna. Right. New York City. Well, first of all, okay. In, in case no one else knows you, let me just get—we'll get you some some facts out. When uh, who doesn't know me? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? What do you Donna mean? Is here okay. Right now, Let's Mark. say if, I'm totally kidding. Nobody if, knows. If you. people want to know more about you, okay. Everyone knows you, but everyone gonna get nobody to know. knows me. All right. I was well, that's, joking. That's the uh, the um, you can still go undercover and you can still uh, do things and be under the under the radar right. in Canada. It's wonderful and sad at the same time. <laughs> the uh, How long have you been doing stand-up? Six years. And you're out of Mont- born out of Montreal? I wasn't born in Montreal. I was born in Kuwait, actually. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then when did you come to... 1990, the first Gulf War. Whoa, okay. And I'm originally Palestinian, so like every country I come from, war happens. So watch out, Canada. So as soon as you leave and go somewhere else, <laughs> That's it. fighting breaks out. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. But yeah. Now, uh, you and Christine were having drinks before the show. and uh, you... I am a little tipsy. Can you tell? I know I can't. Okay. Can you tell right. I'm tipsy? But isn't that for the uh, best, that's, though? That's my personality, <laughs> no, tipsy. Isn't, isn't that the best when you, when if you were to meet someone uh, like today? Oh, definitely. And, 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 and if you were like a little bit loaded and then you met them the other day and you felt right. like saying, oh, listen, and I gotta apologize. I was I was a little bit buzzed yesterday when we met, and then they're like, "Oh my god, I had no idea that you were drunk or something like that." And uh, isn't that for the That's best? That's one though? of my favorite compliments. Is I couldn't even tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, I'm a professional drinker I now. I'm a I functioning can alcoholic. That's a... Nobody smelled that coarse light on my breath <laughs> or whatever. That's my working beer. Yeah, I don't, don't want to get drunk. Okay. <laughs> That's what you have if you have a if you have to get like today before the show. I know. Well, today before the show, I'm like, well, I can't get drunk, so I'll just have like a crack canoe, which is like the Moosehead brand of light beer. It's actually really tasty. If somebody wants to hire me for that beer company, I'll do your ads for you. We're giving too many plugs out for nothing here. <laughs> the, uh, right. now, it's a good light beer, though. Well, okay. you guys so were chatting. You guys were chatting before uh, at uh, the bar that will go on mention, but. Uh, well, do you we have can New- say it. Why well, can't we? The Duke well, of York. Sure. Well, you're That's at the Duke of nice. York. And, uh, and we didn't drink a lot, you guys. We don't get like, come really, to the radio yeah. like hammered or anything like that. Right. We I thought we were going to drink here. Oh, yeah. No, we're With not even allowed. Anything goes. I'm like, I thought no, there was going to be we're not actually allowed an open to have- bar. We're not. I know. I wish. Right. We're right? not even actually allowed to have liquid in the studio. You couldn't even have a water in here. We have okay. to produce our own liquids. I know. Got covered. What? What will you got? You you have a New York plans? Oh wait. Well, also, but I want to bring up this. So yeah. Iman just took a picture of us when she was waiting to come into the studio, right? And it's just of me and Dave. And so, like, anyways, but it's cute. It's like uh, us, like you know, with the headphones on and talking into the microphones. And somebody wrote it's a creepy Facebook thingy. Uh, he wrote, you don't have to dress sexy for the radio. But, like, literally, like, okay, because I talked about my new bra, mm-hmm. C32, which I think is a size that's invented that'll essentially make flat girls like me feel bigger because the C cup, like, whatever. I'm not. But if you, like, wrap it around me really tight, like, I could maybe pull it off. But anyways. But isn't that, isn't that looked, all that counts, though? As long as you I, look bigger, it's sort of like. I guess. But, like, but anyways, but the fact is, if he actually looked at my face, I look like. I don't look like the face. I look I look like I might have had too much Arby's for lunch. <laughs> looks <laughs> like you're trying face. to pass a stone or something like that. <laughs> yeah. or... My face looks like funny in that picture, but obviously he's not looking at that. He's looking at the... Because guys only look at the body. We... That's what I was trying to debate. We were discussing uh, this before the yeah, show, yeah, and I, don't, I can't imagine uh, any guy just looking at a woman's body. Right. Because uh, what, what girl would put up <laughs> with a guy just looking at her below her the neck the, their entire relationship? 
every girl. Every girl. That's why we're so we're so like obsessed with our bodies and we're so self conscious. That's all that's what you're looking at, right? Like when you diets all the time. Like when you saw that comment, Dave, even you as a joke was like, "Oh, was he talking to me?" Well, I don't know. That was you have to dress sexy to be on the radio. I think I but cardigan. I get I get uncomfortable with any sort of comment towards my looks because because I'm. Uh, a because I'm not used to it, and B it doesn't happen very often, and uh, and I I don't see myself as a handsome man. Oh, oh, what are you what? talking no, about? I'm, you. Well, I'm a huge uh, fan Disagreed. of white guys, though. I only so I jerk off to white, Dave Martin headshots. Just, white guys, you know, I love white guys. Do you love white guys. <laughs> yeah. Jerk off, That's, Jill. I think it's Jill off. It's Jill off. It's you, Jill off. That's what I say. I Jill off. Oh my god! Oopsies. But don't you think? Okay, I, I don't like when if you're in a relationship with a guy. Don't you? Do you ever get worried that you compliment his? And if you genuinely think he's a handsome guy and he's good looking, do you ever worry that you're complimenting him too much, and that he's going to get a big head and just feel like, uh, oh well, shit, I never realized I was so good looking. I should start spreading this around a bit more, and, uh, and he's going to go run off with someone. So... No, I don't know either. You should start worrying about that because <laughs> yeah. I just, just like, like oh maybe I do. Look I always, right I always that. feel like I need to be. I, I feel like every relationship that I'm in, the girl should make me feel like that she's two seconds uh, from walking right out the door. This is what's so crazy oh, really? about guys. Yeah. This yeah. is. I, I, feel, got, I gotta address I think this. You, I think you're I gonna say exactly this. what I want to say. Guys yeah. love bitches, and it's so insane. Like oh. you guys, yeah, a I was cool chick. Something. It's like too easy, and it's not fun for them. I was guys love say the chase. Slightly different. I Tell was gonna me. say, I but think I just they, feel like the guys think, like to be mistreated. I think that there are an equal amount of insecure men in the world as oh, there sure. are insecure women. Right. And that's why when Dave, when you said that, I was like, oh no, you can't like talk about yourself that way like but you're right that's maybe why those guys like bitches because they, they validate love to chase, them right they love all of that and they're stuff. like if i can get that girl i'm the best ever but there's like there is actually a surprising amount of insecure men where i'm like oh my god you're the best like you're well, the coolest i think you're hot and they just don't see it in themselves the same sure. way a lot of girls feel that way too well don't don't feel for a second that a guy like he sees a copy of men's health magazine and that's why every copy of men's health will always keep selling as long as they have on the front cover you know uh, get a six pack of rock hard abs <laughs> Every guy's like sees that and be like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to have that, and uh, so we feel insecure too. Yeah. But I just I think yeah, you're right. Like guys love the chase, and but we and we always feel like our. I know for me, I know that I probably keep trying more and more if I think my relationship is just hanging on a thread. Well, you and try she's just more and more like uh, like you're like he, she can't like, like to keep winning her over. Oh, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He has. To I thought feel... you meant you were doing extra sit ups or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I try. I go to the gym and. <laughs> no. That's oh, you know what I had a horrible experience today. This is because I, uh, I I I ate I don't know like this uh, chicken uh, this like uh, oh, a butter chicken dish yesterday and it had a horrible effect on my insides and I, and I was on one of the uh, I was on one of those elliptical things and uh, I could you know when you're uh, you have your headphones and you can't tell if your farts are actually making sounds or not That's it yeah. is bad and then I was getting all these stares from all these like black dudes that were in the gym with That's me and so I was like funny. I wanted to say guys I. So I don't. I I got to get out of here. So I just, just like, I, I left. Too much butter chicken. Yeah, too much butter chicken. It created a frenzy in my. In, Can we make a commercial for the show? Like Dave yeah. Martin talks about too much butter chicken. Too much butter chicken on my insides. Oh the my uh, but I know I, I I do think that I think that men need to feel like they're constantly chasing and they need that they feel like they need to keep winning. And over I, I can't believe like this yeah. is a true thing that I heard from so many women saying that a happy relationship is a relationship where the man loves you more than you love him. I've heard that from another girl that I live with in L.A. She yeah. said it's always safer to make sure the guy likes loves you, you more. more than you like That's him. It. I have heard that before. What Just do you paraphrase. think about that? What do you think, Dave? Um, I, I think... I think that guys need to feel like that that they're never completely secure in their relationship. I so believe Cause I that. Think, I, I think once the you. guy s- s- is sort of like, eh, I got this in the can, yeah. then, you know, maybe he, he's not going to put all the effort that he should yeah. into 
you know, constantly trying to spice things up or woo the, the girl that he's with all the time. Anyways, what do you? Is that the? You, what's the basis of your 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 stand up? Is it re- a lot of relationship based? Or? Oh, well, I talk about everything. I talk about dating. I talk about how I'm an awful flirt. I talk about how I love white guys. I talk about everything. I talk about is really personal experience. I'm very honest on stage. I feel okay. You know, I really. I, I don't think I've ever said something or made up something. Me neither. Everything uh, is, you could call me I, on any one of my jokes and exactly. be like, oh, there's a story there. That's like right. based on truth. That's it. I like that too. I feel, yeah. do you feel guilty if you ever add stuff to a joke that you sort of like, if you tell a story and you add shit to it to make it a to little bit it more funnier? funny? Yeah, I feel guilty. I don't I, like doing that. I feel a little dirty. I don't need to, like, yeah, I do. I, I feel, bad I feel guilty even though I know that no one knows what I'm talking about and yeah. that it's sort of like, they oh, don't know. Yeah, well, because I, I think, I really think the basis of like a successful stand up comedian is authenticity. I yeah. think when you find your voice and you're an individual, um, that's what's going to make you successful. No, what did, no, when you said you were an awful flirt, what does that mean? I just, I don't know how to flirt. Like, oh, I'm attracted. Okay. If I'm attracted, I, I could flirt with anybody I'm not attracted to. Right. But once I'm attracted to the person, I can't speak English. It's been, I've had awful experiences. <laughs> Dave, it's yeah. so bad. It's Dave's so bad. smiling with recognition. Well, I was gonna this. say, uh, a, you a feel a like good... I'm getting nervous. No, no, no. I was gonna <laughs> think. Of... <laughs> He's a white guy and everything. I think Dave's been in your shoes. <laughs> no, I well, I'm a horrible flirt too. Uh, but I that's I don't even know if, when I am. But I have been I have been accused by uh, girls. That maybe I was might have been going out with them other times. It's like, did you know that you were flirting with her? I've had that before. I'm just like, I don't know. I didn't realize. I didn't. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. Sometimes maybe that makes me a bad flirt too. I don't think I'm an intentional flirt because I am, but I'm a really friendly person, right? You are. You're the so, best, right? So I like, thought you had feelings for me from the beginning, <laughs> Christina. What are you kidding me? But you're not. I'm a, uh, some girls like that though when they feel that like other girls find them attractive. For sure, it's always flattering anybody finding you attractive. It I think, is. Right? I agree. It's not attractive. It's, no, it's scary when it's someone that you have absolutely no attraction to. Finds I don't think you attract, so. You don't think I so? I don't think so. I'm just, no. I'm so happy. It's like, Always you know when I realize that? It's like walking down the street, if I hear like cat calling, and the guy could be disgusting, but if he doesn't say something about me, I'm just like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of like, I, and if he says something gross, I'm just like, you're disgusting. But inside, I'm like, yes. That's how Dave you know? feels when we leave. That's how Dave this feels when we leave the studio and Frank doesn't hug him goodbye. <laughs> That's how Dave's like, What's oh, wrong I love you, me? Frank. The, no, but like, do you find now? Uh, do you find that a lot of guys are intimidated, like, from you as being a stand-up comic? A hundred percent, guys. I mean, it's so hard for a straight girl in this career. I find really as far as dating and stuff. I mean, unless you want to just have a good time, then that's yeah. okay. But as far as far as getting somebody interested in you romantically like seriously see i love a girl it's very I, difficult. I, 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 I agree with that they're yeah. not gonna be like oh i'm gonna pick up that girl they're remi- not do you really? remember that sex in the city bullshit. episode I, okay with right. with miranda when she was a lawyer right and then she was doing well this, i like, don't i don't i did not see that <laughs> you so okay. said yes very convincing. i'll put up with that if i'm watching it with <laughs> right, chick, i know but. what i'm getting day for christmas exactly <laughs> um but i remember that episode and i feel like it's such a reflection of of um um stand-up comedian like female straight female stand-up comics where she was speed dating and she would tell everybody she was a lawyer and nobody called her back and then she started lying and she said she was a stewardess yeah and then Uh, she got calls back i think i feel like it just looks like it's a scary thing like oh my god you're powerful you you look independent that means you don't need me i don't want to do this i think yeah that's kind of a man's role is to be a little more powerful than the woman right and if we're confident and self-sufficient and independent then maybe that's a little scary and then it's a scary for a man well i don't uh, also i I can outdrink most of them too. I don't want to brag. I think yeah. that's that yeah. scares guys. <laughs> that that might scare a guy. But I have more beer in my fridge than you, bitch. <laughs> Bring up a notch, idiot. The uh... <laughs> but I, I so, has, so you have never been approached by a guy after a, a I have, but ride? it was never a serious thing. Like I swear to you, how many times did I have a you guy come a up quick to five me or something? and it was a quick a quick thing, and I find out like we add each other on Facebook, and he's like fully in a relationship. Oh, okay. It's crazy, Why? and that happened. On several occasions. But At you, least you, look up on Twitter if you're going to be like that. <laughs> There's no relationship status. What a dumbass. No, but if I saw your, if I, I can't believe that it's like some guy was like uh, wanted to fall, like you told him that you wanted to 
exchange Twitter addresses. Um, well, I would get. I would just look at your followers. I can't followers even remember and... what we talked about on the air, or off the air. But yeah, that guy gave my email address because I didn't want to give him my like personal information. But then in his email address, it said that you know it was like whatever the eighty seven thing he outed. His oh name. right, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like like but Paul M underscore eighty seven. And I'm like, oh, I'm not. Were you born in nineteen eighty seven? And that was good. It was like done right there. Oh, you got it. Was that was a deal breaker? Yeah, nine years the, too much. Now I will say I love I love confident women and uh, usually they show off their confidence when they say that we need to start seeing other people. <laughs> you like unavailable I'm, I'm, women. I'm, I'm confidently breaking up with you. Uh, we can't. We uh, we 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 can't talk for too much long. We we kind of got to wrap things up. Uh, but uh, it, it's been a lot of fun having you in the studio. If people want to yeah. get in touch with you, emantertainment.com is my website. Can you spell that out. Emantertainment. E M A E M A N T E R T A I N M E N T. Okay. Spelling. Was that good? Emantertainment. Yeah. I think so. It's so long. Yeah. I think so we got it now. Before the show, just so <laughs> <laughs> spelling was Emantertainment. Okay, yeah, and yeah. you have a and Facebook Eman Stand Up. Okay, and E-M-A-N. on Twitter, Eman uh, underscore comedian. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, all the people out there, uh, look him on up, and uh, that is uh, it for the show this week. Uh, we this is a, a, a it was a it was a fun episode. It was it's, fun. It was uh, fun, right? It so oh, fast. I'm in uh, Ajax Yak Yaks all weekend long, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if you guys want to check it out. And if you want to uh, find me online, you can get me at, at Walking Sauce uh, and Twitter. Best and Twitter. On, You're the best on, on Twitter. Oh, thanks. Okay. And, uh, once again, you can find <laughs> Instagram. You can find Darren Frost at Comedy Whore. Uh, that is his uh, label uh, on uh, on Twitter, and uh, that is his website. And he will be in Sudbury on December 22nd for the the Hate That Stole Christmas show. Uh, the Once again, the uh, venue is Little Montreal. The showtime is 9, and the tickets are 15 bucks. I am Dave Martin World on Twitter and on uh, the internet, <laughs> internet, the website that is. And, uh, and I want to thank uh, Frank Trachtenberg for uh, producing the show uh, this week. And uh, once again, uh, actually next week, uh, well, we're going to be doing a phoner with uh, Steve-O and our guest is going to be Terry McGurin. So uh, tune in next week and uh, that is going to be an awesome show and we'll have uh, new episodes up on iTunes this week as well. Thank you very much for tuning in. This was Anything Goes for the week of December 5th. And uh, thank you. Good night and uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Fucking Jerry Springer outro. Creeping the fuck out of me. I don't want to. Oh, you're just hanging over the edge of the CN Tower. Oh my God. I don't even have the balls to use the TTC after midnight. Just, you know, what a weenie I am. I did go to a frat party reunion on Friday night. Shit, I saw those photos. We can talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about that too. It's so like, you go to a frat so- party in your 30s. <laughs> it's like the cops pull up, and when you say you're in your 30s, they're like, all of a sudden, they're so not intimidated by you, and they're like, oh. Oh, I got, I got oh, something for you. Cute, cute. <laughs> um,. And I saw a guy I'd slept with like 12 years ago, oh, and he sure. was like still raving about how I used to bring him home dry ribs from Boston Pizza after my shift. Doesn't that, isn't that a testament to how boring his life must be now? I know. I remember him because he had a big penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you'll have to say that again. I'm not against Scary Spice. No, I just but, she's not my Spice no, Girl. No, no, but at the end of it, to like to make it all okay, you actually said you're like, no, I, I support her. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. I do that for a lot of shit. Why do we inter- Why do we start with that? We'll start with Spice Girl talk. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Because it's. Hey, this is Dave Davidson. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Laugh Attack on Sirius XM. When did you become Dave Davidson? Just now. Just now? (laughs) Thank you very much. Hey, this is Dave Davidson. You're listening to Laugh Attack on Sirius Sirius. Uh, just <laughs> Sirius? Combine it all. That's like a pimple yeah. medication. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, serious. just say the bit. Say the bit. Hey, this is Dave Davidson. You're listening to Laugh Attack on Sirius XM. I, I like Dave Davidson, but it doesn't. Well, yeah, Dave. Okay. Why didn't we ask you about this? I didn't know you'd change your name. I did. It's changed. Dave Davidson. Yeah, it's, I always wanted to be a baseball player because, like, Dave Davidson was my, like, Blue Jay. Like, and then I realized, wait, I'm perform. I work in an illusionary world, so I can make You can be whoever you want. Yes. Okay. okay, Frank, can you cut that uh, just as he said I did? Have you ever heard of a joke where uh, people talk about uh, how you always hear about high school shootings, but you never hear uh, stories about night school shootings? 
No. No? You think those are going to be the guys that are a little bit pissed off, huh? <laughs> you know, some guy in his early 40s, you know, pissed off about his, the way his comedy career is going. Yeah. He's taking a heating and air conditioning course. Yeah. Working for free in a basement XM. Never mind. Yeah. 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 I, I, I try to make the parallels, and hopefully the audience picks up on it. <laughs> and usually they just stare at me and be yeah. like, oh, it's my birthday, too. Yep. Okay, let's start this. We're going to start in like 10 seconds, okay, Dave? Uh, I saw Glenn Sumi again yeah. at uh, Dylan's show. He actually, he actually went to go and see Dylan's show because Good. he heard Dylan on our show. Right. He said that. Right. I asked him again about uh, coming on our show, and he said maybe in August. Uh, Frank? I'm just... You know, I get, I start talking in this microphone, and then it's, for some reason I'm surprised when people bring up other shit on the show with me. Like other people have like, uh, or, or no, someone's brought something up to me, and then I'm like, oh, how did you know about that? And they're like, I heard you said it on the radio. You read it, you said it on a show. All right. Oh, right, that place I go to every week and <laughs> and, and, and talking to a microphone. Dave, and... Dave says like really personal things about his like sex life in the past and women, yeah. and then his new girlfriends get upset because they listen to the show and, are you talking about me? You know, a lot of men out there like the kind of body I have. <laughs> I was like, well, I like the body you have. What? So I'm still here. Yeah. They all had they all had to come from somewhere. You know it. Other than Germany, isn't that, isn't that where Santa came from? Santa Claus. Sin, yeah, or uh, sure. Yeah, Santa Claus. Yes, yes. Sounds sinister though. It yeah. doesn't sound happy at all. No, no. no. Nothing, nothing sounds happy. I wouldn't be fucking happy. happy if I had to make a bunch of toys from some yeah. ungrateful There's shit. The reason that I never Jews don't celebrate Christmas. We'll still do it, George. Yep, yeah, she's got to wait. Now. I'm. In, I got the V here. I, I, yeah, yeah I, he's I, all ready. He's all set. <laughs> Speak into the V. Okay, ready, Frank? <laughs> it's we're a gonna, microphone and okay, not we're gonna a go. Dave, Dave, we're going in okay. seven seconds. See the, the timer? Timer? Timer?